Welcome to another edition of the official Catch Up podcast. I'm Ben and I'm joined by the regulars themselves, Moza and Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, doing all right. Obviously, I've, as people know from last week, I'm watching the dog. I'm just uh, trying to keep the... I'm from getting heat stroke. That's been the, the mission uh, the last week or so because it's still bloody boiling. <laughs> and, of course, Moza, uh, Mr. Broomhill himself. How are you doing? I'm no bad. Uh, it's the dog. It's been still me for getting heat stroke last couple of days. Like, so life is good, though. Life is good. Aye, can't complain. Football is back and we're full, full, full. So we're pretty, we're pretty happy. Just a shout out to our sponsors, the Soccer Shop Direct. You can find them on Twitter at the Soccer Shop D. Check out the website www.thesuckershopdirect.com for all your teamwear and football equipment needs. A uh, couple of stories uh, we talk about. I think one of the ones we're going to talk about is uh, Fort William. They have been. Uh, had some meetings with the Highland League and they will be playing all the matches away, I believe, Chris. Yeah, it's, uh, obviously there's been a bit of a discussion uh, online about it, but I don't know, I just I just feel like the timing's a bit strange. I mean, they've played, what, one game already? I don't, I think it was away from home. Uh, the pitch is obviously in a in a strange state, but everyone knows that their, their ground's not exactly in the best nick uh, the last few seasons. I think that the thing that I sort of question about the whole the whole affair is how did that ground you know get their license in the first place? I mean, there's certain things um, you've seen. Obviously, like the west of Scotland teams, east of Scotland teams uh, do all these ground improvements to get uh, to get up to scratch. How did that ground even get a license in the first place? There's been something weird there because I mean it's not even closed off, and that's you know part of the requirements of a license. So. I just find it very strange. Um, obviously, the, it is unplayable, but the SFA uh, renewed their license in December. I know uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, they, they probably didn't come and check the ground, but uh, is it not a bit of a farce that the league are saying, oh, well, you, you can't play that ground, it's unsuitable, but they have a license to say that they can have Scottish Cup games there? I mean, it, to me, it's just really bizarre. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't what your guys' opinion on the whole whole matter. For what we know, they had drainage work done over the summer. Um, so the SFA haven't seen that, obviously, since it was back in December that they renewed it. And the grass just suddenly growed back the way yeah. they thought it was going to grow back. So it's one of those things. But you'd think with your season starting, you'd probably give the league a heads up and say, look, might need to play away a few games here. Just fancy giving his hand. For whatever reason, I've no bothered to tell anyone. So um, it's taken... Right, I'm not having that as a random member of the public. Right, that's just not nice. what's happened here. Someone has decided that they're out of line and they're going to get it. Though. There's, it's it's not some random good goodwill person that's going to go. Ah, it's a wee bit of sparse patches there. Mm, maybe I should tell the Highland League about it. No, no chance. <laughs> um, it, it's a shame for the club because we'll need to find out what's happening with revenue and stuff, but. A club of four young size is struggling already financially. If they're not going to get any income and they're playing all away games, I struggle to see them having a future. Yeah, that, yeah. that's another issue with it. I would, I would say, and, and I totally agree. I mean, it, it does seem that was another thing. The, the whole timing of it, and then the whole or oh, a, a concerned person or whatever. It's like what? <laughs> it's like it's, it's all dodgy to me. I think it's it's a wee bit dodgy. Like, what about yourself, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I don't know an awful lot about the situation the history on it, but I think from what I've seen online and, and what's been discussed, it does feel a bit like it's a weird bit of timing and it, it does feel like what your guys were saying, it, it doesn't feel like just a random kind of complaint from someone, I think. Um, 
for whatever reason, if someone's got an agenda against them, then this is probably a good opportunity to really um, to, to target them, I guess. And uh, it's a difficult one for them. I think I don't know if maybe from a I don't know from a cover perspective, they maybe struggle to maybe keep maintain the pitch well and things like that. Um, and they've obviously done that drainage work as well, so that's probably factored into the to the the work, and it's just become an unfortunate situation. But I hope, I mean, I hope they can survive out this. So that's the main mm. thing for us. I think. Um, not too sure what has really gone behind the scenes, but um, don't want to see a team like Fort William kind of um, go kind of go to the wall because of a situation like this. But um, I guess if they have the license, they'll be able to play in the the Scottish Cup, and maybe if they can get a run at the Scottish Cup and get a few few games and get some money in their bank from um, Shield Gates and whatever like, like that, then that might be the the thing that's going to be driving them on to keep going and maybe sacrificing those home games because they know they can maybe get a few rounds out of the Scottish Cup potentially get to a, a big draw and then play a big team and get, get a good payday and maybe go and fix that pitch properly at some point and, and do the things they need to do. But um, it's, a, it's a weird one, but let's just say hopefully they can they can get it sorted out. I just kind of get my head around it. I mean, we were obviously mentioning the Scottish Cup, but I don't even think, I mean, how can the SFA renew their licence? I know, again, we go back to the fact they might not be out and check the pitch and stuff, but if the Highland League are saying that their ground's going to be unsuitable for the whole season, then surely... There has to be license issues in there, because you know that that that's what I'm kind of trying to get my head around. Because wouldn't it be a wee bit embarrassing to say, "Oh yeah, you can play your your Scottish Cup games there, but you can't play your league games there"? Come on. To be fair, I don't know if the SFA would have ever been made aware of it until now, so I don't know if we can blame them. Given but should, that. should they not be aware of it though? If they're doing renewals and checks oh, and clubs should are for William not told the league. For William should have told the league what the issues were, shouldn't they? They should have. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the part of the license is it's incumbent on the club to keep both league and or like kind of overbearing organisation aware of any changes. Thing is, it might not be allowed in the Scottish Cup now. Because yeah. what's to stop the SFA going, well, your license ground doesn't actually pass water anymore. So we're actually going to relegate you at the end of the season and you're not getting in the Cup. Yeah, um, it probably comes at a worse time, uh, worse time for Fort William because they can now get relegated. I think obviously yeah. before they've not had that kind of concern as much, but now obviously with the, the Midland League and stuff and the North Cali coming into play, then it's making it a bit more um, likely they, they could potentially get relegated if they do. I don't know if they get like a points deduction or whatever for having on the fit ground, but certainly it's possible and that's probably a worry for Fort William if you go down. It may be hard to, to spring back up in uh, these leagues. All right, so moving on to the, the week, uh, the weekend prior in the Lone League. We'll start off with everybody's favourites, the Colt teams, and Celtic B uh, took on East Kilbride, and it was a one-all draw at the Penny Car Stadium. Yeah, there wasn't much... Um, well, in fact, there was updates for this from uh, Celtic B up until about the hour mark, and then they sort of disappeared. Um, <laughs> so I'm assuming they, they had some connection issues. I know East Kilbride don't really have a sort of dedicated media person, so they obviously had... Uh, apologies sent out for, for whoever's obviously not at the game or, or a wee bit distracted with the match. But yeah, East Kilbride's first lonely game, uh, favourites in many eyes, obviously. Uh, but it was Celtic B that opened the score and uh, Owen Moffat's goal in the 43rd minute sees the, uh, the, the B-boys go into halftime in front. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, the highlights, uh, but yeah. it, it was a lovely team goal, really good finish. Um uh, and obviously there was not much to say about the second half because we, we didn't get uh, many many sort of match reports or whatever but uh, Craig uh, Malcolm equalised late on um, through I believe what people have described sort of calamity defending from the from the young uh, young selves there so I did end 1-1 it was our first catch up 
game of the week of the season, I should say. I was I was interested in this one because Celtic B, I think they struggled against the the sort of physical side of uh, Bonnie Rig Rose, albeit they they did have a sort of close game with them. Uh, obviously, I've, I've sort of highlighted that I think that you know I've said it many times. I think East Kilbride with the the older legs might might struggle against the the younger side. So for me, it was a, a kind of a fascinating fixture to see. Um, who would win between youth and experience, and then of course um, it turns out to be a draw. So uh, I, 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 I don't even know how to describe it. I think it's a good result for Celtic B. I think they'll be more happy than than Stephen Aitken will be. Uh, obviously, if he's going to be chasing a chasing for the title this season, but uh, I don't know. I, we, we've kind of seen it. We obviously we'll get into Rangers B, obviously, and, and uh, but I, I think the Colts team is uh, both Colts teams are looking really good this season. I think we will get. A lot of these results where Colts will either get wins or points against uh, you know the so-called bigger teams, if you will. We've already seen it, so um, hard to do, hard to really say. But I don't think Stephen Aiken will be happy with the draw there. I think he would love to to start the league campaign with a win. Ah, Giffen have had a pretty decent Premier Sports Cup as well. Um, they've put in a few decent performances. They obviously get gifted their best one in their history as well because of Kelly doing a Kelly, but. Um, I, I don't think I don't think he'll be too disheartened with a one-one draw there because it was largely an unknown going to play Celtic in Airdrie. Um, nobody knew how they were going to react to that being their home ground. They also had a decent performance against Bonnyrigg, but the more the games come, I feel like the better the B sides will get playing and playing together and adjusting to the level. Um, we've both mentioned, I think, but you probably more strongly, Chris, that Kelby might be a bit vulnerable to pace. If you go directly at them, we're a bit of a pace and really worry that defence. But yeah, um, the highlights seemed a pretty fair balance overall in the piece. Obviously, if they kind of held on at the end and defended better, Celtic would probably get the win there. But um, it was you could tell there was a few young boys that maybe not necessarily just in the legs were tired, but mentally as well. And that's what's going to be good for them this year. Um, regardless of what any opinions are on the cold teams, that um, these guys who potentially wouldn't have gone out and loan, like they're actually getting a decent level of experience and they'll learn for, well, they switched off the last five, ten minutes. They were just knock up. Simple as that. I think it's pretty clear as well from the, the two cold teams. And I know we're getting Rangers more detail, but it seems that Rangers are a, a, a lot better than um, yeah. the Celtic cold side. I think looking at the or Celtic B, we don't call them colds, and then we call them B teams. Call them B teams. Or, or as Chris referred to them as the B boys, I'm like that one. The B boys <laughs> are in town. Uh, can see that. Can see the fan the fan chance right now. But yeah, I think that's the thing. I think um, certainly the weaker the two. Um, Celtic, so a tough test for them. I, I'd, I'd expect against Cisco Bride and, and Kelby. Obviously, we were rooting for them in terms of. Uh, I think we think we'll win the league. So, uh, unfortunate again for dropping points. They probably see it as drop points. Let's be honest, but um, I don't think it'll be the the game that kind of affects them over the, over the course. I still, still think Cisco Bride will have enough to to do it over the over the piece. All right, moving on to Broomhill versus Vale of Leiden at the end of the draw. We'll go to our Broomhill correspondent, Mr. Derek Robertson. <laughs> and yeah, it was a, a first win under the guise of Broomhill uh, for us. So relatively routine in the end. Um, it may not have been had things played out differently, but just before half time, first goal came from the penalty spot. Adam Moss 
got the ball after an attack was cleared away. Um, left back kind of was encouraged to go into the box, which isn't his normal game. Ran to the byline and non. It was just a weird barge. There was no reason for the Vale defender to do it, but he totally barged him at the way. Stonewall penalty and Ryan Cinnamon dispatched it brilliantly to give us a lead. It's a perfect time to score for half time. In all honesty, the second half, Vale had the better start, I would say, in terms of chances. They missed a couple of really, really decent opportunities. Um, but there was a few A-cup calls given, and we responded the right way. So 20 minutes left, Finlay Gray um, basically killed the match, made it 2-0. Um, worked between him and Scotty Cusick, who was my man of the match. Um, kind of batting forth passes, put him in acres of space, the Vale defenders thought he might have been offside and basically stopped at that point and he finished high past Pedden. And kind of carbon copy, just the last few minutes of the game, Dom Lavelle off the bench got his account opened. Cam McNair picked him out. Um, he exchanged passes with Gabe Skier. Again, the Vale defence just stopped, totally static, assuming offside was going to be given when he was onside with someone else that was standing off. And he made no mistake. One-on-one with the keeper, slotted under him in a... In the end, a pretty routine, pretty comfortable 3 0 win. But as I say, if Vale had equalised, it was a totally different game. Um, so, positives and things to build on still. But bearing in mind that Gormley's only been in charge now for just over a week, I think he was pretty happy on the piece. And the squad's only been together for that long as well. There's still new faces on it. Um, Cassidy looked a lot better, centre back who's just joined for Clyde. So, slowly but surely, the boys are beginning to understand what's been asked of them and getting to know each other and you can see it's going to be a different season for us but there's there's definite potential there that's uh that seems to be the sort of flavor of the weekend i think the majority of games you saw either early goals or goals just before half time or late winners and that so it's very strange to have every game almost like that and uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting um I, I did think obviously that the brimhill would be the the winners there but um yeah, uh, I guess out with the match, obviously your your Sevco BSE comments. Uh, what are your sort of reactions to that? Twitter beef. <laughs> um, yeah, so Vale obviously tried to be a wee bit funny on the Twitter, and uh, it didn't work too well, in my opinion, because uh, there's plenty more creative ways to slag us off than try to link us with Sevco, you know and uh, both of them went back and forth a wee bit and it got a bit towsy and I had the popcorn and I was quite enjoying it so um, I'm all for a bit of nonsense beef at this level makes things more interesting right and I had to be fair I had a wee jab at Vail earlier on with my own little retweet but mine was a bit more gentle put it that way <laughs> I didn't get a response to mine <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was pretty funny from Vale. I, I, I thought, did yeah. as well, yeah. I thought that was quite <laughs> clever actually in, in the grand scheme of things. Um but I guess for you, Moza, Ryan Simon looks the guy for you this season, he was the key player for your th- I um well obviously he's a captain, but there's a slightly different formation used. Um so Cinnamon was sitting in front of the back four as an out and out defensive mid, and it worked. So he was kind of spraying the play out to the wings and so on. Scotty Cusick and Gabe Skier were brilliant on both wings, cutting inside and creating chances. Had two big boys up front and Slavin and Evans that really ran themselves into the ground. And Good signs. Good signs. It's early days still, obviously, but there's a, there's enough talent in there for us to, to win a few games in this league. I was just going to say, I've t- I seen that uh, Michael's really pushing the 
Gabe the Meg sort of is the that Meg. his new nickname yeah. <laughs> he's doing his best to make it a thing but I've not caught on to it yet so we'll see <laughs> talking about Michael it took me three or four attempts to realise that he wasn't signing a new player called Yvan Edge Nodge I thought <laughs> um, I was like ah who's that they're signing and I was like I read the back again I was like he's joining it's like yeah, I'll be yeah. Three, I? <laughs> uh, he's like well confused man I was like fair play it got me reading it I definitely got me reading the tweets because I was like I don't see a player here, but I just see this phrase. I caught, uh, I caught on to that as well. Obviously, I think he's he's quite fond of Simpson memes, uh, memes, Michael, isn't he? He does love a bit of the Simpsons. You you can probably tell. Can we and just also, talk if about- he'd um, if he'd also just put join the navy, imagine the memes that would came out of that. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, just a point, a point of order. How much have Broomhill done over Rossville um, by taking Gorms about two weeks before the, end of the start of the season? That's we have stenied them. We have stenied them. To be fair, um, no. I hope Rosville do well. Like they're a, obviously a club that Gorms had a big, big part in building up, and they're they're still the same club. So hopefully they um, they can establish themselves in the West Premier, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, they've got a new gaffer in charge now as well. So have they? I think it's them. Well, 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 yeah. I mean, I they have got a new gaffer because he was in charge on Saturday, but. I mean, he kept us all pretty adamant that he hasn't left, but he was talking a wearing, turbif, aye. <laughs> wearing the Ross the Rossville gear on the, on the sideline on Saturday. So I think, I think that was enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> to see Big Diag was in charge. So but, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully Rossville do well because I think that's really unlucky that that obviously the situation uh, Broomhill where Hardy comes in and don't know whether Disney fans whoever then ends up you know leaving and then you go and find a manager and Gorms is, is the right guy I think for the job personally yeah. I think. I think I said before we even uh, brought in Hardy that he was the guy probably to go for in terms of if you're looking at kind of managers in the West that they could do a job and have a, a bigger team and, and up a higher level, he certainly could do that. And I think he will. And I think he'll remember just taking a few years to build the squad and get the squad right to, to go and challenge, but I don't see why he can't challenge at some point in the, the future. Yeah, even off the pitch, um, the, the way he's built up Rosville as a club yeah. as well. So it's a perfect fit in my opinion and benefit hindsight if he'd came in when Hardy had came in it might be a slightly different squad and maybe a slightly higher outlook in terms of where we want to finish this season but it's a long term project so it's going to be a consolidation year and we'll go from there they call it American sports a rebuild year or something it's like it's a rebuild um, it's a rebuild and hopefully avoiding the bottom of the table which is why I was very happy to get three points in the poke at the weekend Absolutely. Moving on to the next match, it was Caledonian Braves versus uh, University of Stirling. Um, shout out to my new friend, Chris Geddes, on Twitter. <laughs> we're, we're, we're good mates now, so me and Chris. So, uh, unfortunately, it was a, a 4 1 defeat for uh, Stirling um, with Cali Braves taking the points. Yeah, it was a it was a strange game actually. I, I did I was kind of watching this uh, in the background. Uh, it was, I don't know how to even describe it. The first half, uh, Stirling uh, get forward from a long throw-in and uh, J- Jason Jarvis pokes at home against the run of play, it has to be said. Because Cali Braves did actually, they looked like a different team from the, the team I saw against Albiti. Uh, we'll obviously get towards the, the sort of end, but uh, they did equalise on the 37th minute. It was uh, Reese Armstrong who does brilliant to drive down the right and cut the ball to Cole Stars who makes no mistakes slotting home so it was uh, 1-1 at half time and the second half it was it was very strange uh, I, I, I don't know um, 
I felt the game first half sort of lacked a wee bit of energy, but the whole the second half, I would say the whole energy belonged to Cali Braves because they just looked to be a different team. Uh, Fifty three minutes, uh, a lovely flick from Ross Lindsay gets the ball to Mark Kelly. He slots in Zach Butterworth who volleys low first time with his left foot for uh, to give Braves the lead two one. Uh, just after the hour mark, it was Reese Armstrong again slices a looping volley into the path of Jamie Walker who knocks the ball around the Stallone keeper to make it free and it was uh, sealed on the 90th minute from the penalty spot with Mark Kelly slotting home for a really fantastic win for Caledonian Braves. It was Ricky Waddle mentioned that he didn't feel that there was much difference between how they played against um, against Albie. Uh The only difference I would say, because they did have their chances in fairness, but I think it, they, they took their chances against Sterling, Sterling Uni and I think I feel like I've out of all the teams uh, since we've been doing this podcast, I've probably been the harshest on Caledonian Braves or formerly Edisport. Um, and the reason being is because I think we've always they've always had teams that we've sort of rated, especially if you look at last season, and they've maybe underperformed. Um, and now they've kind of got a team that I don't really... I know a, a few of the players, obviously. It's a younger squad. Uh, they're not going to get off lenient for that because obviously there's a lot of teams with a younger squad. But I just feel... In fairness to them, I think that I think I said I didn't feel really inspired by some of the guys they brought in. But um, so looking at some of the younger guys um, and how they played against uh, Sterling Uni, I do think they might have a chance to, to maybe not to do better. But I don't think they're going to be as low as I thought they would be if they if they play like that. But it, the big thing is obviously consistency. That's always been an issue. It's always been a tag that we've given them, obviously, um, consistently and consistent, which is I think is a wee bit also unfair because it, you can apply that to a lot of the, the sort of mid to, to, to lower teams. So um, I was impressed. I, I was impressed by Cali Braves, but I think it would have been a different game uh, for Stalin had they took took their chance. It was almost like an opposite thing. Uh, they were kind of like playing like Cali Braves did, Um against Albita where they, where they just didn't take their chances and Braves uh, definitely punished them uh, and the defending I know I think Chris mentioned it in his interview but it was poor defending on a, a few of the goals but um, it's one of those ones where in this league you have to take your chances you have to be switched on and we've seen a lot of teams get punished uh, especially this weekend because they've, they've not been switched on for, for key moments as a as we kind of alluded to earlier, obviously just before half time, uh, sort of towards the end of the game. So, yeah, a really good win. Uh, a wee bit more impressed with Cali Braves, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we can give them praise one week, but we might be bagged to, to criticising them next. Uh, it's the way of these podcasts, obviously. We can only sort of base it on results and what we see. But, yeah, ho- hopefully they, they, they get a few more results. But they've got a tough game coming up, obviously, which we'll cover later. So, yeah, yeah. Um, impressed. I wouldn't worry too much about Sterling Uni. I think it was just an off day for them. This is going to be the first of a few times I need to hold my hands up and say I got a roll because I thought Sterling would take it, basically. Um, I'm delighted for Big Rolls Lindsay, though, who's been named uh, Braves captain. She's a great lad. And he always, he's always been a classy midfielder. He's never really got the chances, but at least when he was with BSC Glasgow, now Broomhill. But um, he deserves it. And I think you'll see him begin to shine when he gets a few games in a row under his belt. It sounds like he's already making an impression there. And I've only seen a few of the highlights, but it just felt like Sterling Uni were a bit tired 
more than anyone else who are just a step off it compared to what I saw midweek. Um, I don't know if Chris has had them in for extra sessions or um, they just seemed a wee bit off the pace. I felt like that second half and maybe a, a day, day or two rest and they'll be fine to go again. But um, give credit where it's due. Braves, after getting a, a few questions, not just for us, I think quite a lot of people have been questioning them. That's how you answer it. Going to going win a game four one, haven't taken. I, well, I say haven't taken, haven't gone behind initially as well. So great performance. Yeah, I think it's a great result for for Cali because as as we as you said, we've probably almost written them off a little bit because we were looking looking at squad, thinking they haven't really done a lot in terms of signings and things like that. Maybe not get the the same strength. We were a bit worried about the fact maybe money was a bit tighter, so the squad budget was down, etc. But I mean, that's one way to come back and. We've got a lot of probably, we've got quite high expectations at university of Stirling from what we've seen over the last mm-hmm. two years or so. Um, so we probably expect them to win quite easily, but um, it's a good result. I think you, you maybe look down at later in the season. Um, if Cali Bays are maybe in a kind of dogfight, a relegation fight, that, that three points may be the, the crucial three points to keep them out of a, um, of a relegation spot because I think we're probably pretty clear by now that that Vale will probably go down, but if, if Vale, for example, managed to turn that around and, and go on a, on a run, then uh, that'll put the pressure on and Calibrates will be, be lucky to get those three points and they might be able to just chip away and get a few more points like that um, against some of the other teams because that's probably what they need to do is, is, is kind of beat the teams around them rather than kind of worrying about the teams at the top and, and that's one way to do it, it's beat uni. I think there's a lot of comparisons you can make between Broomhill and Cali because both sides haven't exactly had an ideal build up to the season. Cali haven't been able to bring in their students, especially going into the B team and so on. Um, the likes of the, the boys coming over for France and Switzerland that supplement the squad and give them a wee bit of a strength and depth. So it's um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the two of us being in very similar positions come the end of the season. Just uh, just one wee note um, for speaking about being harsh on teams and it's probably being a Spurs fan and Ben will know this we're, we're, I'm only harsh on teams I actually rate and obviously the Cali Braves have had teams that I've rated and maybe let me down I could probably apply that to Cumbernauld Colts as well um, so if I'm hard on you it's not because I, I have an agenda against you or whatever it's just because I actually rate you and want to see you do well and I do want Cali Braves to do well I'm just probably less familiar with with some of the, the guys obviously apart from like so Ross Lindsay and that um, this season compared to last so it's always difficult when we're covering, you know, eighteen teams or what, seventeen previously or sixteen. You know, it's difficult to try and keep um, balanced and whatnot. But um, yeah, if I'm harsh on you, it's because I rate you, and I have certainly rated Cali Braves in the past. He won't be harsh on the Colts now, though, because Sean Winters there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so I'm not going to be harsh on the Colts. No, never, never. <laughs> okay, moving on to Bet Rangers versus Gretna, and it was a one-off draw at Shieldfield Park. Yeah, really interesting one. This this is a one of those games that was quite tough to call. I think I'll, a lot of them we were quite confident in thinking which way we'd go. This one we went. That started off thirty-two minutes, opened the scoring. Um, Harris won in a corner down the left, taking short, swung in, and headed home emphatically by Jack Cook. So that put Berwick in front. And just a few minutes later, um, Grena got straight away back on level pegging. Jordan, is it chemo? Sorry if I've mispronounced that, Jordan. Um, 
been Gretner's main threat up to that point, and he managed to grab the equaliser from just inside the box. And uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to spend a wee bit of time on a particular update from Berwick. The 39th minute, the Shieldfield crowd are treated to some theatrics that would be more suited to the maltings as a Gretna trialist takes a tumble inside the box. Love little details, like just little kind of jabs rather than shots. <laughs> I'm, what, is, I'm a what, big is fan. what is the Maltings? Is that like a theatre or something? I believe it is a theatrical venue down the, down the road. Okay. But um, the referee booked him for said performance was uh, the ending of that tweet as well, which I quite enjoyed the, the theme going through it. Um, but other than that, there wasn't too much to, to tell you about in terms of the second half. Both teams cancelled each other out. Um, there was a chance right at the death. Mackenzie chesting the ball down 15 yards out. And... Some might say there was a trip by a visiting defender. The way referee said no, waved away the protest from Berwick and one won it finished. So I think I don't know if uh, if Berwick will be happy with us. They probably felt like they were the favourites going into it. I, I know Grant will be all right with it. Ron will be happy to get off the mark. He um was clearly frustrated with some of the comments he made previously about the the start to the season, but that might just get Grant going. Yeah, I think it's a, a decent result for Grenna, given where they were last year in the, in the league and probably were quite a gap to, to Berwick. And, uh, Berwick, I've said before, or last week rather, that they, they looked pretty good from the pre-season stuff. And, um, yeah, I think I think Berwick would be pretty disappointed in not, not taking the three points, but fair play to Gretna. Um, a good point on a, on an away trip. Yeah, I believe... I, I know Sam, I think Sam North is at the game and I believe, I think they made the, a massive deal with the, the thing towards the end of the game where I think people were saying it was obviously it should have been a, whatever it would have been a, I'm not even sure if it was a free kick or a penalty but apparently I think saying a penalty Chris, aye. But yeah um, uh, I don't know, um, I've not seen it unfortunately uh, but obviously I think for the Gretna goal scorer Jordan, um, he might be known to some sort of Western West of Scotland fans, so obviously used to play in the, the, the West or the West Region Premiership as it was known. Um I, I, it's interesting. I don't think Stuart Malcolm will be happy with the with the draw, but Gretna for me are a, more of an interesting one, obviously, with bringing in like say Mark Shanks, uh, the assistant manager. Um, I think he was with was he with uh, Rowan at um, Queen of the South, I think, when they were you know joint managers. So played for Queen uh, Rangers, we did Mark Shanks. Yeah, yes. Oh yeah, of course he was. Um, was he he, he was uh, co-manager as well. Imagine Chris not Spain. saying that when Ben's here, no. you know. Oh, of Shorty. course, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, it was more to do with the the Rowan Alexander relationship. But yeah, of course, uh, co-winning. I think a legend was, in these parts. <laughs> co-winning manager twice was he not? I'm sure he was. Uh, I'm sure he was manager in the early days, and then I think he was co-manager with Chris Strain, is what I've heard. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a decent draw for Gretna. I'm still. Re- reserving judgment on them uh, yeah. because they're still bringing in players in, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's probably better for Gretna than it is for Berwick. That result. One thing I'll say about Gretna is it seems a lot less chaotic this summer than it has done the last couple of summers. They just seem to have taken a wee bit of the the madness out of recruitment and so on. There's a bit more of a plan behind it, so obviously I can only be a positive thing. Absolutely. Moving on then, next game is East Stollenshire versus Rangers B at the Falkirk Stadium. And it was a 1-0 win for Rangers B uh, and they're sitting top of the, the Lone League currently. 
Yeah, both teams with a 100% record going into this. Uh, great starts from both of them. But it was Rangers, as you mentioned, that, that, that kept theirs. Uh, I believe the, the sort of first sort of half-hour mark, it was a lot of chances for Rangers. Uh, the 38th uh, was off the crossbar, Aaron. Uh, Lyle hits a cracking shot from just out of the box, which rattles the crossbar. Uh, scores remain the same heading towards half-time until Cole McKinnon puts Rangers in the lead with a fantastic strike uh, before half-time. Obviously, we've talked about the crucialness of goals between before half time and uh, before the 90 minutes are up, obviously. It seems to be a theme. I don't know why it's just been a theme this weekend, but yeah, Rangers got their goal just before half time. 49th minute, uh, Jay Hogarth pulls out a great save to deny uh, Shire their equaliser. And the Shire did have an opportunity to, um, uh, for their equaliser just five minutes before uh, full time, an opportunity. Uh, to Kieran Gibbons, hits the post. Both teams creating dangerous chances in the closing minutes. But it was Rangers B that held on uh, top of the league. Um, I know I know there are Rangers fans that seem to be getting really excited about um, about um, Rangers B obviously being sort of top of the league at the moment. Uh, they have played some decent teams, I must admit. They have looked really good, but they, they do feel like, I'm not saying they're, they're scraping by, but they're not blowing teams away, is what I would say. So, definitely, I would say to, to get people that don't really know this level, don't get overly excited because I, I don't think they're going to be going on an unbeaten run or anything like that, you know. So, um, fair play to them. They, they, we've, we've gave them credit. They've looked really great early on. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't get overly excited after, what, three, three games. So, um, But, yeah, I, I do expect them to do well. I think we... We said in the last podcast, it wouldn't surprise us for one of the Colts teams to at least be in the the top four or up there. But I, I do, I, I have seen a lot of people asking questions. Oh well, what happens if the Colts teams win the league? It's like we do have a full season to go, so uh, yeah. we'll wait. Camden, we'll wait. Camden. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait also, and see. Um, can I jump in at this point, gents? And it would be remiss miss me not to say this: they are joint leaders with Dalby to Star. So let's give credit where it's due to the boys for. Here we go with the borders debate again, but down down the southern reaches. Um, I I think it's fair that Shire were disappointed. Like you could tell for the reaction of them after the game, they felt that they were good for a point in that game. And Gibbons obviously came closest hitting the post. Um, we mentioned the save just after half time as well. Could have been a different game if they'd uh, scored either of those, especially the earlier one. But I think need to give a. They give the Rangers B side some credit. They're, um, they're you wouldn't have expected a young side to be grinding out results like this. We talked about Celtic maybe being a wee bit lacking in composure and concentration at the last minutes. That wasn't the case here for the highlights I've seen. That both sides were just going hammering tongs at each other for the last five, ten minutes, which is what you want ultimately is entertainment. Um I think that they will challenge but I'm not convinced they'll win it. That's where I'm going to put my hat on this one. So I think Rangers B will finish above Celtic B. I think that's almost a given at this point. I fancy them, Dicey, Scobriden, so until be in the top four, but I don't think they'll win it overall. That's my uh, head in the job block. I think they, they definitely look a good side. I mean, the, the players have got, I think the players you probably, the Rangers B TV probably knew more about before the B teams came into the league. I didn't know much about Celtic at all in terms of who they had in their, in their squad, but I certainly knew names and things like that within, within the Rangers setup. Um, so 
I think they've got more talent, certainly. Um, I guess as well they can do it over the course. Maybe wait till we get into December and they're going to, to Gretna on a Wednesday night, and that maybe be the, the, the tough challenge, the, the, old, the old proverbial um, saying on it. If you do it a, a cold Wednesday night and insert shitty football ground, basically. <laughs> um, no disrespect to Gretna, so that wasn't meant to be. I was going to say, geez, oh. That wasn't meant to be some sort of insult. Man's, man's building his own beef here. <laughs> I know, I know. What you want, mate? I know, I know. The other spanner in the works for like Rangers B could be that as League One and League Two teams pick up COVID and um, issues or injuries, one or two of them might end up getting loaned out to a higher level if they're impressing. So that might um, that might affect our squad. So we'll see. We'll see how those things play out. Yeah, I mean that, that's possible. I think, but maybe you'll think about how they can, the way this was pitched and how they want to have these boys playing together and as a unit and getting to work as a team. I, I don't know maybe if that will happen as, as much because um, they maybe want to try and keep that squad together to try and get in that, that confidence as a team and bring them through and hopefully, I guess the ultimate thing for Rangers and Celtic is that they they want to, to bring maybe two or three, maybe four of these players through in the first team at some point. Um, I haven't seen them yet in, in great detail to be able to say if they're in, that squad, in those squads that are definitely going to um, come through, but um, that's why they're here. I mean, we can talk about the money thing all day, but um, Rangers, is, Rangers and Celtic are here for that for the reason of development and whether or not they go to the League Two or not, League One, who knows? Um, at a later date, uh, I don't want to steal your thunder, Mozza, because I think I, I had a I had a great idea that that basically if um, if the the B teams don't basically finish first and second, then the lonely could actually be the heroes. Uh, and making it basically basically ruin the 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 argument for having the Colt teams in in the league two. But I believe Moza, I've missed a bit where you you came in and you told me that you've already come up with that that theory. So I, I was a bit gutted when you told me that earlier. I am happy to have you backing up my theorem. <laughs> there we go. That's it. My team. That's it. So yeah, I think that's the thing, and we can flip it on its head. There's a lot of talk about the lone league, kind of obviously bending over for a bit of money, but um, who knows? Maybe just be the actual. The actual heroes of the hour in the end when, when Rangers and Celtic finished fourth and fifth, for example. But uh, who knows? But yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how it develops. Um, point of order for Rangers why put your highlights free on the internet so we can all watch them? Yes, um, please. That's a good point. Which is get this paywall crap to. I'm really trying, trying to learn my swearing because we'll need to pan 18 explicit if I keep swearing. But um, aye, let's get, the, let's get the, free, the highlights out for free. I mean, who really cares? I mean, if they're. By the people, even if it's a couple of days later, stick them up on the Tuesday for free after you've let like, your RTV boys watch it on a Sunday or something. Just Celtic, I put them out for free, yeah, yeah. So, to, although Rangers, uh, let's not get into it too much, but are now charging the media to talk to them, aren't they? So, it's true, it's true. You'll get, I mean, to, you'll, you'll get to see them on East Stellanger anyway because they'll put them out. Uh, I don't know if they're already out, but you'll, you'll get to see the highlights from the from East Ollinger, so mm. I looked so for them earlier, but I couldn't find them. Yeah, I couldn't find them <laughs> earlier. But then there you go, Rangers. If, if that's happening, most teams will be doing their own highlight. Um, so we'll get in there. So that's fine. Don't bother. Just keep your money. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the next game up is the Spartans versus Edinburgh Uni at Ainsley Park, and it was a four 0 win for Spartans. This one was one of the few games that we kind of predicted that went the way it was going to go. Um, started off 11 minutes in the clock, Sam Newman with a well-executed finish to give the Spartans the lead. Um, 
but yeah, mini Edinburgh Derby here. But um, I suppose Spartan Civil's more of the, the big derby, isn't it? Um, but it was 1-0 half-time, so both teams, Spartans on top, Edinburgh, you know, giving more than a good account of themselves. It began to fall, up, fall apart from in the second half, though. So three goals in the space are six second half minutes, finished them off. Um, firstly, 54 minutes, great finish for Scott Maxwell after fine play by Sam Jones. Um, and that opened the floodgates because straight after that, Blair Henderson sent the keeper the wrong way from the spot after Mikey Allen was upended. And just a few minutes after that, Sam Jones got the goal that his play had deserved up to that point. A crying free kick, if anyone's seen it, for the edge of the box. And that was it. Essentially 4-0. And both sides played it to a, a close from there. This is a worry with Edinburgh Uni that they've got decent players in there that are capable as long as they keep things tight. As soon as you get two or three ahead of them, it can end up kind of dangerous. For uh, for Dorian's side, so they'll they'll dust themselves down and go again. Their their remit this year is to keep things tight and try and steal points and steal results here and there. Um, but Spartans very professional job for a side that we've named the start of season. A lot of people quite fancy to do well, so we'll see if that uh, that kicks them into a, a decent run for this point. Yeah, it was a, a really good, a decent win. I've noticed a, a few things, obviously, we had, or I certainly had some reservations. I think Mikey Allen's now playing at left-back over over Dan Bauer, which, uh, which I think is a really decent move. He seems to, to be getting forward quite well. Obviously, won the won the penalty that, that Blair Henderson put away. I think, again, it's it seems like it's quite harsh on Edinburgh Uni in the, in the sense that they have conceded. Uh, I think the second and third goals were literally maybe... Less than a minute apart. Yeah. Um, so it's it's those sort of moments that makes me worry about Ed, Edinburgh Uni in the sense that um, where where I think they're they're not as good as other teams with their I wouldn't say concentration levels, but I, I do think the there's certain moments where likes of Vale leaving uh, Edinburgh Uni that they still suffer uh, yeah. from. And I think we kind of saw that against Spartans. There's obviously a good relationship between uh, Spartans and Edinburgh. You know, they had their, their wee sort of presentation. Uh, Doogie Samuel and, and Dorian Agunro, obviously really good friends. And um, obviously former, well, Doogie was, was um, Dorian's manager at Edinburgh. You know, so it, it's a good relationship. But I, I, I think... When we when we'd sort of done our predictions, Edinburgh Uni are still down there for me. I, I do still worry about them. Um, with the same as Vale leaving, and it's because of things uh, like that. They 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 can be in games, and you think they're they're quite comfortable, and they can go out and attack and get goals. But there's just spaces or periods in the games where they can concede two or three, um, and that's what we saw against Barnes. Yeah, I think I think we've all said that about Edinburgh Uni. You don't run away again with Unisides. That's always the thing, isn't it? The, the fact that it's like a bit of a lottery when they, when the players come in at the start of the season. But um, good job by Spartans, convincing win. Uh, we talked about last week and look, look apart, and who knows what they can do this year, but it'll be interesting to watch for sure. All right, Bonnes versus Dalbiti Star was the next game, and it was a 2 1 win for Dalbiti, and Dalbiti still are sitting joint top of the league as it stands. Yeah, the the league leaders, the they're going to. I, I said it on Twitter, but I think they're going to win the league at this rate. I've been. Uh, I saw them against Caledonian Braves, and they're, they're very impressive. Uh, I'm actually. I, I wouldn't surprise me, right? I, I know I'm kind of joking about winning the league and stuff like that, but it wouldn't surprise me if they keep playing the way they are. 
that they'll be at least sort of top half pushing. I don't know. I don't want to jinx them, but they they are looking really good and quite solid at the moment. Uh, but in terms of the 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 game, obviously they they got uh, their goal just before half time. Like I've mentioned before, uh, Jack Dickinson from uh, a near uh, heads home from a near post header from a corner kick. So it was one uh, 0 Dalbiti star at the break. It was a penalty to Dalbiti. Um, ball bashed off uh, Jamie McCormack as he lay on the ground. Uh, handball, but uh, justice was done as Andy Murphy pulls off a brilliant save from the penalty. And uh, Bonus did equalise on the 80th minute. It was a uh, ball smashed in from close range from Connor McMullen. But then Dalbiti ran up the park and got got a, took the lead again. Uh, and obviously what turned out to be the winner a minute later from Russell Curry uh, to make it 2-1 star. And uh, that's another thing um, that I, I've been really impressed with Russell Curry so far. He's a big guy, uh, still young. I did read a, 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 a report, I guess, or a, a, an article with Richie Maxwell where uh, Russell had was a wee bit disappointed to get released from Anon Athletic. Uh, and he, he, I don't know what's happened there and why he was released, but to me, he looks like he certainly... I don't think he'll be in the loan league for very long, let's put it that way. Um, I don't know if that's going to be with uh, with Dalby Star or another team, <laughs> the way they're going, obviously, and with their chances of promotion. But no, um, they, they're looking really solid. Uh, I think in fairness to Dalby, I don't have... Although the last two seasons, they've not really... The results have not went their way. They have, in my opinion, always had a, a really decent side with guys like Lewis Sloan and um, you know even back in the day with Scott, like guys like Scott Malkin obviously can get goals. So uh, it's just I don't think results have went their way all the time, and I, we're we're starting to see results go their way. And it's been it kind of reminds me of the I think it was two seasons ago. Remember they had a wee bit of a spell, Derek, where they were just beating everyone. Um, it seems like that, but I hope it's more. I hope it's not just form and it's. It, it can become an actual really good season for them, but yeah. they have to. They have to. They have to stick on it. Hopefully, they they can stick on and and really have a a really decent season. But yeah, certainly they're looking really impressive, and uh, and obviously the the guys in Twitter uh, or the squad, I should say, are, are really chuffed at the moment. But I, I hope they push on. I hope they can push in. It's not just a good season. They start a good season, basically. Yeah, I think it was Degs I saw on Twitter basically saying they were now the favourites, which I quite enjoyed as well. Um, there's a few boys in there were good part, so I'm, I'm delighted for them they've had a good start. Um, aye, uh, Brotherson's other name that comes to mind when we're thinking about previous years and boys that were able to score goals. Of, they always seem to have somebody, don't they, that's, uh, that's there to stick the ball in the back of the net, but there's always a team that surprises us. I think last season maybe Gala was that team or the season before, but I think that'll be it might be the best the best team for of the southern sides, I'll say, rather than going the whole borders route and all that jazz. Um yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, I must admit. The the worry I've got is bonus because that's a team that they've spent some money on that squad. And their intention was to get up out of out of this league in the the right end. They're certainly the wrong end now. And I don't expect that to last very long, but it just seems that they're making silly mistakes and they're getting punished for them. And for what most of our fans were saying, they are they basically gifted star two chances and they took them both. So they need to sort it out quickly because this league, there's not that many games. I know there's 18 teams now, but 34 games and you can't go on a losing run and win this league. 
you've got to stop the rock quickly and get points on the board the right way around. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back for this. I'll, uh, I'll disagree, but I'll bring up my point later when we're talking about uh, Bonnie Rig. <laughs> Which is where we're going now, so I'll let yeah. Ben lead us in. I was going to say, Chris, uh, that'll be his time, will be absolutely delighted that Chris has put in a bat signal for Russell Curry. That's the early stage <laughs> in the season, to tell his League 1 and League 2 teams that um, saying he's, he's better than um, this, because we, we know people from League 2 listening to this podcast, so who knows if they'll be... I had it already um, sliding into the DMs to be in the middle, man. So. Ben, I did, in fairness, I did say that he might be going up to League 2 with Dalby, to be fair. So. He did, he did. Uh, that's a, that's a by the way, I would love to see that as well. It's a, it's a long time away, maybe. Making totally derail their season now as Russell Curry signs for um, Steny, for example, in, in League Two. I know Steny will have a lower league player, so uh, it'll be interesting. You'll have a rampant shaped wicker man later on, Denial Croft. That's it, that'll be it. <laughs> All right, next game, as the boys just mentioned, it's, it's Civil Service Strollers versus Bonnie Rig, and it was a, a win for Civil, 3 2 at Christie Gillis Park. This is my standout result of the weekend. I think, despite everything, and there's a few surprises, this was the one that really caught my eye, because uh, we'd not necessarily written off the strollers, but we'd said they might find it difficult this year, and then they pull out this kind of performance against, let's be honest, Rose, who fancy themselves as the favourites to win this league. So, a couple of minutes in, Civil took the lead through Bob Cole, um, but it was a back and forth. 14 minutes, George Hunter levelled up for Rose on his uh, 50th competitive appearance, so congrats to George Hunter as well for that milestone. Um, <laughs> I love the description of this one. 38th minute, an absolute finish from Danny Irving restoring Civil's lead. That's very partridge, big fan of that. Um, so 2-1 strollers at half-time and into the second half, 10 minutes gone, Hunter was pulled back in the box for a Rose penalty, Lee Curry dispatching it for the equaliser, but in the last kick of the game, basically a trialist, there's been a few trialists scored in the last few weeks, but um, giving Strollers the win with a late goal, they had just hit the bar just before that as well, um, from a corner, I believe, so Civils finished much stronger and they were rewarded for their their positivity and their endeavour. So a brilliant three to one for strollers. We I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say I maybe not quite wrote you off, but I maybe gave you a wee bit too much stick for early results. It's still early in the season. Question mark over Rose after that? It's probably a bit early to say so, but they'll be disappointed not to get anything for that that game. Robbie's gonna be a wee bit disappointed with the result. I think he he said obviously that you know, Civil wanted that a wee bit more, um, which is which happens obviously, and and it sometimes decides games. But I think if if you're going to drop points, you're you're better doing it early. Um, and I know obviously Max, guys like Max Christie and and Robbie Horn don't want to drop uh, points at any point in the season. But um, if they're going to drop points, it's better to be early. Uh, I I just don't think there's going to be a team that's going to go on a. Um, you know, a winning run. There's not going to be many winning runs. I don't think there's going to be points dropped. Uh, for example, last season, Kelly, I think only lost one game. East Kilbride, one game, and and Bonnyrigg. I don't think we're going to get this season. I think teams are going to be taking points um, off each other for the whole season, not just the the first few weeks. So I would be less concerned um, 
if I was the likes of Robbie or or Max uh, to to be dropping points, um, as long as obviously the likes of Dalbiti Star don't win every game <laughs> or uh, Rangers <laughs> B, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I think they'll bounce back. Uh, I don't have any concerns with with Bonnes and and Bonnie Rigg. I think it's just going to be a a very sort of strange season where we where we're going to have teams uh, taking points off each other. And I don't think there's going to be an overly strong team. Um, I mean, look at Look at East Kilbride, uh, point in case uh, or case in point, I should say, um, against Celtic. Be the first game you expect them to win, and they drew. So um, the big teams, I think, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take points off each other, and I think that is, it makes it for a more exciting season. I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the final game on the fixture list was Cumbernauld Colts versus Gala Fedin Rovers, and it was a three-two win for Gala. Another uh, another free two. I'm actually I, I kind of feel sorry for Gala because that's twice uh, in the last sort of two episodes that I put them last. Um, but yeah, another one, another really decent win and a, a late goal when goals before half time. Uh, Twelve minutes in uh, early pressure from Gala in the opening ten minutes, creating three good chances. Opening goal comes from a corner following a Gareth Rogers uh, driving at the Colts defence. Um, and it was the captain that scored for Gala to give them the lead. Uh, 45 minutes, Sean Winter converts from the spot to draw Colts level just before half-time. And uh, I say just before half-time, Colts did actually grab another goal into stoppage time with Craig Murray corner converted by Dominic McLaughlin. Or uh, it was an own goal, um, according to Gala, but since I was uh, covering for... Ronan on the, the Lone League website. I just gave it to Dom because I don't think he actually scores that many. So, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got the goal. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that might one. That might and quiet. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it should be a goal panel of one there. Uh, two. We'll have to see that. We'll have to see the SFA match report. We might have to take it off. I'm, uh, I'm not 100% Get sure. Get your check in the post, Dom, right? <laughs> so, half time, two on uh, Colts. 55 minutes, it's Gala that draw level, driven cross to the back post, and it's finished by uh, Kieran Chalmers, who's uh, returned to the club. Really good, decent sign on that one. I had to actually ask if it was him. Uh, yeah, just uh, I wasn't sure if he was a trialist or, or whatnot, but it seems like he's back at Gala, which is a good sign. And uh, the 92nd minute, it was Gala that grabbed the winner. Right at the death, Roch, uh, Ross Aitchison gives Gala all the three points and a really decent win away from home. At um, at Broadwood Stadium, obviously Cumbernauld. I think again similar. We all think they've probably maybe got a better better team this season. I I did. You know, it's strange. Uh, I remember you, everyone sort of thinking that Gala were going to take a step back this season, but since the since the the opening day defeat against the Stalin, they've they've actually won the last two against you know Bonnes and and uh, and Cumbernauld. So I don't know if they. They really have. Uh, it's still early days, obviously. Everything applies to, to all the teams. It's still early days, and we don't really... It, it comes down to the fact that I think, like what I said previously, there's going to be points dropped from all teams this season. But I, yeah. I have sort of kept a close eye on Gala since that, that opening day defeat. But then again, I think we, me and you, Derek, both said that we couldn't really put a lot of stock into that game because it's... It seemed like uh, just a mad one against East Stalinshire where there was red cards galore and, yeah. and whatnot. But um, yeah, very very decent win uh, for Gala. I, I I'm not. I really don't know if I want to say that they're going to push or not. But um, yeah, uh, been impressive since the since the disappointment of the opening day. 
I'm going to be boring and say we can't put too much stock in this one either because it could have gone either way for what people are saying. They're two very decent sides in this league. And your general point, I think, is bang on that there will be more points won and lost this year, I think, that we're not really going to have um, what has been in the past, say, three or four sides just striding ahead of everyone else. I think it's going to be tighter than it has been in a long, long time, which can only be a good thing for the, the health of the league. But fair play to Gala. Um, that's an away, away day trip that in the past we'd have probably written them off for, saying that's a, a long journey and they'll probably be happy with a draw. But 92nd minute, getting the winner, they'll be absolutely delighted with that. And Colts will go again. We know they're a, a decent side this year, so we'll get into the, the next fixtures and we'll see if they, uh, they bounce back or not. And that, that's the, the roundup for the previous week. Now, shout out to our sponsors, Soccer Shop Direct. Find them on Twitter at the Soccer Shop D. Check out the website www.thesoccershopdirect.com for all your teamwear and football equipment needs. That's another week in the Lowland League. Um, if you want to find Moza, Moza, where can we find you? At Moza Plays on Twitter, and you'll find me everywhere else from there. Um, and I'll throw her at Chris. Uh, at Rampant FM on Twitter, and you can find the official catch up at official catch up. Um, and like honestly, probably just better using Google type it in low and league catch up, official catch up. You'll actually find us like everywhere uh, <laughs> Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube. Um, yeah, everywhere. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter at Mr. Ben Grant. Uh, you probably going to add another couple of teams to the, the hate mail list this week, so fire away if you have any issues. Send them my way. But that's another week here on the Fashion Catch Up. We'll be back next week with more Lone League action. Cheers. Catch you.